0: Find my joy in the Lord. He is my hope. He is my shelter in the storm. And I will sing of all He's done. Slayed my sin and healed my heart. He has my on the great reward, and i will live to bring him praise in his great love i will rejoice for all my fellowship family, how we doing? I'm going to invite you to stand as we uh, begin to worship the Lord together, our Messiah, our Savior. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let us sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing we will sing Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Joy to the
1: have a seat. Merry Christmas. Christmas. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning as we come to celebrate a Savior that has been born to us. Hey, we have got a lot going on this week as we head into Christmas. Let me remind you of a few things. First, uh, we've got an opportunity for generosity called The Gift. Uh, Each year, we give you an opportunity to express gratefulness to the Lord for all that he's done for us, especially in sending his son. And we take a special offering, and then the elders distribute that locally and globally. And as you leave on the doors, you'll find envelopes that you can put the gift offering in, and we appreciate that so much. We also have a lot of services coming your way on Christmas Eve. We'll have five services. There'll be family services at 3 o'clock four o'clock and five o'clock. If you love worshiping in your PJs, if you like standing on your seat and throwing candy canes around the room, that's the service you wanna come to. If you want something a little more laid back and maybe a little more contemplative, then join us for our traditional services. Those will be held at seven o'clock and eight o'clock. And since we're combining with Mosaic and Celebrate Recovery, we have more people than will fit in the room at one time. So it would help us If you would tell us which one you're coming to, so you can just go to fellowshiprogers.org forward slash Christmas and make an RSVP. Hey, we've created plenty of room in those services so that you can invite people from your office and from your neighborhood and invite them to join you at church on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, you and I are up, buddy. Heath and I will be up at 9 o'clock, 10.30, our regular service times. It's a distinct service from Christmas Eve, and it's a unique opportunity. Very rarely do we get to have services on Christmas morning. So uh, wrap your gifts, unwrap your gifts, and come and join us Christmas Day at our regular times. We'll have all of the students and the children in here that morning. We would love to have you. Hey, 2023 is coming. 2023 is coming. Thank you. Let's slow it down a little bit. Have you thought about how you're going to invest in your soul? Is 2023 going to be a year where the Lord grows you up just a little bit more, where he matures you? We've been working hard at building out a whole bunch of opportunities for you You see them on the screen. Our care center has some uh, recovery classes and things to help us deal with tough things in life. Our training center has classes to help you grow and mature in some deeper theological and biblical truths. And those classes are live right now for you to sign up for. And then we're going to have our regular offerings. Marriage ministries. Merge if you're seriously dating or or recently engaged. I heard that happens around Christmas Eve. Re-engage if you just want to build up your marriage Also, our community groups, our men's ministry, our women's ministry. And so, uh, hey, go to our website, hit that news button, and then there's all kinds of offerings that you can sign up for. I would love for you to join us in 23. I think we're good. Hey, lastly, hey, this morning we have a privilege of hearing from one of our newest staff members. Jason McMahon came on in July as our global outreach pastor. So he's going to take us to those hills outside of Bethlehem and, and see the shepherds hear from the angels. And so, hey, let's prepare our hearts as Jason's going to share with us this morning. Well, Lord Jesus, uh, you are the reason for the season. And today we celebrate that you became flesh and dwelled among us and went to the cross to save us. And so, Lord, as we sing and as we give and as we pray and as we hear from your word, I pray that you would meet us in this place. You are Emmanuel. God with us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand back up as we continue to sing somewhat familiar Christmas songs.
2: Experienced love through the gospel of Jesus Christ just in the way that I know every day that I have a God that was willing to send his only son down and give up give up his life and so that we could live for him and know him and grow closer to him every day I've always known that Jesus was real and I've always just grown up learning that but it was actually seventh grade chill out in 2020. I went with about 56 guys in my cell group which is nuts. Uh, I came to accept Christ there and and really begin my walk with him. And I remember standing up on Sunday Chapel and just yelling that I accepted Christ. And it was a legendary moment. My mentor has definitely helped me grow. He's really shown me how to live like Christ. He's a role model to me. And he's really kind of changed my year around. Like before I knew him, I just wasn't in a very good place uh, with myself and in my sin. And he's helped me use the word and God's love to bring me out of that And out of the darkness that I was in. I lead a group of second graders, second grade Springdale kids, boys and girls. I get to spend time with them and kind of learn new stuff from them and see how they grow with their relationship with Christ. And I get to see where I was when I was their age. Um, So it's exciting. I mean, I see love everywhere uh, in my life. I mean, my parents are a huge huge deal and showing me the word and showing me how to live like a christian man they've raised me so well and like my cell group the love it's unbelievable that i can rely on those guys who are 15 16 years old and they understand like what i'm going through and the problems and struggles that i'm going through and so it's it's really a powerful love that i have with those guys family, from our family to yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. My name's Scott Jeffers. As you've seen, my, my son Nash and my beautiful wife Sabra. Nash will be reading the scripture for us this morning, and Sabra will be lighting the candle of love. First John 4.10 says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Fellowship, would you pray with me? O oh Lord God, grant your love to us, for you have called us children of God, the beloved of God, brothers and sisters, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: 2, 6, and 7. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, Jesus. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them.
3: Fellowship, today we get to pick up in the middle of the greatest story ever told John Barclay started last week um, introducing this story to us. This is Dr. Luke's account of trying to find out the truth of this one man named Jesus that he had heard of. But you and I know that this is a Holy Spirit-inspired account, that God wrote this, that he's the one who brought it to light. This is the reason that we will worship it and uh, the king today and that we will adore him. This story divides time. It marks the dates of our lives. We say our birthday is based upon when this happened. This marks how many times we've gone around the sun. But we know that this story does a lot more than that. It's alive, it's active, it's moving. It stirs our souls. So let's go back to when this happened. I'm an old history teacher. and So... We have the Roman government, maybe the most powerful government in the history of the world. And they've ordered a census to get all their people back to their hometowns so they can count them, so that they can organize them, so that they can gain more power. They can control their agenda so they can see how they might display more more influence over all other nations. But we know that there's a sovereign God and that his will will be done that he'll use these governments and that his will comes from eternity and it's not guarded by the laws of nature. Time does not have to bow, time has to bow to him. And so we're gonna see this plan unveiled today in one of the most familiar scriptures and one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. But I need to ask you for a favor because we're gonna need your imagination to see how the miraculous good news of Jesus is worthy of celebration and proclamation today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Please do that for me. Keep them closed until I ask you to open them because we want to turn on your imagination. Can you imagine the last time that you guys went camping? Maybe you were just sitting on the porch can you hear the crackle of the fire and the quiet of the night? Can you feel the cool grass? Can you smell the fresh air? Can you see the stars in the clear night sky? There were shepherds in a field nearby keeping watch over their flock at night. And the angel of Yahweh appeared to them. Keep your eyes closed, please. So in the darkness... Can we see this angel? What does it look like? Is he pure? Is he holy? Is he cloaked in fire? Is he angelic? Is he bright? It's kind of impressive, right? Your imagination's a powerful tool. Let's keep it going here. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Imagine that. Heaven rips open for this announcement this day. It's like a sneak peek of God's holiness, his beauty. It's on display for lowly shepherds to see. This is the same glory that was in the Ark of the Covenant. It traveled around in the tabernacle. It rested in the temple. The high priest went in once per year for an extensive ceremonial cleansing to forgive the sins of Israel, or he would die if he looked upon this glory with sin in his life. The same glory led Israel in a pillar of fire out of Egypt across the desert to the promised land, and it appeared to Moses on the top of Mount Sinai. Can you see it? It's showing from heaven. This isn't a normal night. Then the verse says the shepherds were terrified. Unholy shepherds, terrified. Unholy people like you, like me, terrified. We've gotten too close to the glory of God. Our unholiness, it doesn't feel good. We don't have a cure for sin. It's scary, it's dangerous, it's terrifying. I think their emotion might have been right. The last thing with your eyes closed, what is it that makes you afraid? Is it the unknown? Is it the spiritual world? Is it death? Is it public speaking? Okay, you guys can open your eyes now. Look up, it's just me. No angel of the Lord. I get to bring the message to you today some Christmas trees, right? And so there's no heavenly host appearing later. Heath and the band will come back out. So I'm sad to give you that news. But I wanted you to know that miracles are to be felt. If you've ever uh, experienced a miracle in your life, they're to be felt. This was brought to you by me today, but it's brought to the shepherds by an angel in this unique way. So today... We're gonna look at three things. I want you to take a look at these three things with me. We're gonna look at miraculous good news that leads to celebration, that leads to proclamation. But for me, I believe that it's best said whenever this good news, this miraculous good news is proclaimed, people celebrate. And I think you're gonna see that, but in this Christmas message today, it's hard to proclaim and I know it to your friends and you wanna just celebrate and give gifts to your kids. But we're gonna lead to a place of proclamation and leading to celebration. So we're gonna see what this says. So with that, turn in your Bibles to Luke two, verse eight. I have it here on the screen for you. And there were shepherds living out in fields nearby, keeping watch over the flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. So I want you to take another look at this. And I highlighted it on this next slide. If you see at the end, it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause, and there it is, joy for all the people. And you guys are pointing your finger right now and you're saying, ah, We came for a Christmas message and they've got the missions pastor up there. That's not what we wanted today. He's gonna talk about for all the people and we wanted to sing joy to the world and hear about the Christmas story and get into the Christmas mood. But that's okay because I'm here to tell you missions people like Christmas too. But let me go ahead and do one little mission story. All right, but look at this story. Come on, it's got Christmas hats Christmas cookies, and so I want to introduce you to a couple of my friends here. See the guy with the Christmas hat? This is Draw. Draw is like a member of our family, and the the other guy is Nene, who has a big smile. Nene's about six foot nine, and he's always smiling like that all the time, but especially when we're making cookies, okay? These are two Muslim guys, because me and my family, we used to live in a Muslim country in Africa, called Molly, and we were part of a team sent out by this church to go take good news that would cause great joy for all the people. And so we were doing this. These two guys agreed that they wanted to hear about this one called Jesus. They had heard of the Old Testament. They knew Moses. they had heard of Jesus, but it wasn't their paradigm. It wasn't what they had studied. And so for months, we studied from Genesis through Christ but they waited eagerly for this story. Luke 2 was the one they wanted to hear. So we had this Christmas party and we made some cookies. So indulge me in this little story that has a little bit of Christmas in it for you here, okay? Um, let me give you a little story that, about Islam that some of you might not know. And so in Islam, God set all of this in motion. And he's basically left us to our own devices, our own sin, he's bowed out of it, He's too pure, he's too holy to interact with people like us. He's not gonna do it, he's distant, he's off in another place. He'll be back though, only for judgment. So it's up to you to live a good life where you do more good things that honor God and hope on that day of judgment with full of doubt that he will save you and that he will pardon you from your sins. So you need to understand that. My buddy Neney, I was telling him in the Bible study that we believe that shepherds were given this message because they represent the lowly of all of us. And so the more I studied this, the most likely scenario is that the shepherds were young boys or young girls. That's, that's, what, that's what people mostly believe. And so we believe that it was given to them so that it would represent that God came for everyone. And so I began to tell him that. I think many of you will believe that in the Bible study. And he goes, not so fast, my friend. He goes, I appreciate that, but you are from the most developed culture in the history of the world. And he goes, the things you guys have is unbelievable. He goes, my culture is very developing. And he goes, it's probably a lot more like Jesus's culture. And he said, for you, I can see why you would think that, But for me, I don't believe that's the reason. He said, here's what I believe, and I think it might help you. As he said, in my culture, our government's corrupt. They've hired our journalists. They've corrupted them. They make them tell the story they want to tell for their agenda to to complete their corruption, to keep their corruption and their power going. But he doesn't believe it's worth listening to in their TVs, their they're journalists, and he says, here's who I listen to. He goes, if you wanna know the truth in this country that's torn by war and that's torn by terrorism, he goes, you talk to a shepherd. He goes, they have no agenda. You know what their agenda is? Water, grass, that's what they're looking for, and they go wherever it is. If it's under Sharia law, they go there because their cattle will die and their way of life will die and they will die. He said, they go, they sit with the people, and he goes, when I wanna know the reality in my culture, I ask a shepherd because they're the arbiters of truth. And he said, listen to this, my friend. If this message is true, and I don't know if it is, he said, if you were God and you wanted people to know this fast, far, wide, and deep truth, and you wanted to spread like lightning, you would give it to shepherds in a culture like mine because that's the way it would go, fast, fast, all around the country, and people would know. And I was like, wow, God can speak to us all. And he's speaking through this this man who's seeking God in this picture here, with a big smile, and so for me, it has deepened my belief in this word and how it moves in all of us, of how we can celebrate this, it can be truth for us, but it's for all people, it's to cause great joy. So, this is a promise foretold, it's a celebration to come. It's going to cause great joy. With that said, why? Why? I think the next verse is the most miraculous verse. But before I show you that, we have some people that we send out from this church. It's my job. These are shepherd-type people, and they're going to go share good news, and they're going to share it with other people that have never heard it, like Nene, like Draman, and it's going to cause great joy, and I've seen that happen. And so they wanted to belong to this church because they do. They've just chosen to go overseas and you're going to recognize a lot of their faces, but I want them to give you maybe the most miraculous verse in the Bible, the most miraculous verse that we'll study today. And so I'm going to let them share it with you here. NABAT Merubah FELLOWSHIP
0: Anisogoma
3: Salamat Siang FELLOWSHIP
0: AFILE Kisiba
2: bangara Aoye bi dauda kaudugu oye matigini
3: kristiye wayo manta waha magalada daud idinku dache babadie o a masiha rebiga a
2: hari ini telah lahir bagimu juru selamat yaitu kristus
1: tuhan di kota daud bugün size davutun Canton day beer Kuturaja do do Rab Olan Missy Luca iki on beer. Mulu Noel.
0: Annie Sankura. Noel one
1: accent.
0: Salamat Hari Natal Fellowship.
3: Confused? Good thing you got a translator up here that can translate that for you. These are our global workers that I caught in the village as they came through, some of them former global workers. You might recognize some of their faces because we've stood up here with them and they're out sharing this message and what they wanted to tell you was greetings, Merry Christmas, and that today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah. He is the Lord. What a verse. I want you to catch that in all of its gravity. Think about it. All of eternity is pulling toward this moment. It's full of meaning, full of vulnerability. There's a baby who's coming. It's full of meaning and surprise. It's full of humility. It's full of vulnerability. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. So in a small little town, it probably has a sign on it that says David was born here. That was prophesied about all throughout the Old Testament. The person is born that will write all of this. The person who's gonna fix all of our sin problems is born. This is big news, but it's not only that. It's the next line says it's the Messiah who's born. Israel, your promise won. He's finally here. You've waited, and you've waited So I was thinking when I read this, in Genesis chapter three, Abraham was told that the Messiah would come from his line. He believed this and he was accredited with faith. This becomes Abraham's moment of salvation where he believes the Messiah will come from. So oftentimes as Americans, we think the Savior is needed and that is true. But for Israel, their chosen Messiah has finally come in this moment. So it's not just for the Gentiles, it's for Israel too. There's a third act. This is the part that no one saw coming. Christmas will pass you by if you miss this point. He didn't do it in the form of a person like we all thought he would, like Israel thought he would. He did it in the form himself, the Lord, Emmanuel with us. We expected something different. Humanity waited on a Savior. They waited on a Messiah. But God did it Himself in the second person of the Trinity, in full communion with the Holy Spirit, community with the Father. He came Himself. What a paradox. I love paradox. Paradox means something that doesn't make sense because it's different, but it's probably true, and you know it in your heart. And so sometimes when you move overseas, you live in the paradox of a moment. So for me, I was thinking if I'd never read this story and I got to experience that with my two friends and they said, I thought that he would have come in the form of a 35-year-old ruler, a conqueror, a king. That's what I would have thought the Messiah would have been, not a baby. I would have thought he would have been deity that we couldn't look upon, not full of humanity and cloaked in humility like Philippians tells us. I would have thought it would have been announced to the high priest, not to the shepherds. But it was announced to the shepherds in a field with the glory of God. What contrasting things. Born to a teenage girl. Man, that's a lot. Do you wish you knew if this was true? Could there just be a sign that would prove that it's true? And so as if you look at this, verse two, I mean, verse 12, chapter two, by the way, this has quotations. So we've got Dr. Luke potentially interviewing people, getting quotations. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and he is lying in a manger. What well, do you guys need more proof? Because the angel, I mean, because the shepherds did. So verse 13 and 14 goes on to say, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. So a miraculous heavenly celebration is taking place. Can you imagine? I had you close your eyes earlier. You're the shepherds. You're in the field. You saw those stars. The lights were dim in here and all of a sudden heaven rips open. They've waited for eternity, for God's plan, the sovereign God to reveal his plan for all of humanity, here's how you're gonna be redeemed. Here's how God's gonna redeem this story, and they're gonna be shocked. He's gonna do it himself. God's gonna do it himself. What would the angels have sung like? Can you get your mind lost in the wonder of that? How amazing could that have sounded? What would that have looked like? Christmas, the birthday of all birthdays. This is why we give gifts. God is going to give his gift in this moment humanity. Salvation. Messiah himself. I have so many questions. I hope one day I get to ask. I hope they have a copy of it so that we can watch the replay. What that must have looked like for eternity to be spinning to that moment. We've got a sovereign God revealing his plan at this very moment to all the people. And it's going to cause great joy. So exciting. So I want to show you 400 years before this, more than 400 years. My 12-year-old son will often ask really curious, out-of-the-box questions. I don't know if you guys have kids like that, but he'll say, Dad, how long is 400 years? And I don't mean like counting. And I, I was trying to think of how to tell him this as we were talking through it. And I said, well, George Washington was about 230 years ago. So we're talking pretty close to double that. So they haven't really heard from God. Israel hasn't heard from God in that long since the prophet Micah. And so, Micah 5, verse 1 through 3. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, there it is, through you are small among the clans of Judah. Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So this origin is from old, they're from ancient times. This person comes from eternity. This is the one who spoke it into existence in Genesis chapter one, and it was good. He's coming to fix it on this day. Then it goes on to say, therefore, Israel, be abandoned under the rule of the Roman government, until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. So the angels celebrate because this son is here. He is here this day. In our culture, we celebrate Christmas. It's a season, Christmas season. The reason for the season is Jesus, right? And we say that, but we let it pass us by all of the time. And it happens to us versus us intentionally adoring him. And so the angels do that in this moment. So for me, when I looked at this, and I think of somebody sending this good news to me, angels, I'm giving it to you from God's word today. This is the emoji I would have sent you back. Check mark, done, miraculous good news, right? Something to be celebrated for sure. Let's keep it moving. Luke 2, verse 15 right here. When the angels had left them and they'd gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. So I cut it off right there, at let's go. What do you think they said? Let's go figure out who's going to watch the sheep and who's going to go see this miracle? Or do you think they were like kids on Christmas morning? The kids don't debate over who's going to go wake mom and dad up to get down there to the gifts, right? They hit it, they're gone. And so if these were young boys and young girls that were watching these flocks, I think they made eye contact and they broke and ran. And so the verse goes on to say, let's go to Bethlehem. All that to make the complete circle to fill that prophecy from 400 years ago and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger And so I want you to watch at this point of the story, we've got miraculous good news that has happened. And these these shepherds have experienced all of this. They've experienced the Lord's glory. They've experienced the angel of Yahweh. And so I, with my little curious mind, often want to know what happens next. What did they see in that manger? When they got there, I know they hustled off. What did they see? And so I want you to see what this story does. It takes a hard right turn. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and all the things that they had seen which were just as they had been told. Everything was just as they had been told. Classic story, you're waiting. You wanna see what it looks like. You want this scene. It's this trailer that got you to the movie theater. And then in the movie's not what you thought. This is a story of proclamation. Christmas is a story to be told. And so when we look at this, I'll tell you this little analogy. My dad, me too, when we watch Razorback games, we always have these Razorback colored glasses kind of on, and we always think the refs are bad. And so I'm gonna ask you to take those glasses off if you got them. Put on your proclamation glasses to look at this, this verse, okay? And so I'm gonna show you it a different way now, and I've got the words highlighted that'll stick out. Let's see if we can change Christmas and our hearts to what this story's really about. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them. It's not what they had seen. It wasn't the miracles they had seen, it's what they were told about this child and all who hear it were amazed. And the shepherd said to them, but Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What have they been told? There's a savior. Your sin problem's gonna be fixed. It's the Messiah. He's come to rule over Israel. It's good news. Oh yeah, God did it himself. We didn't send you a person. God did it. All right, take those glasses off. Now I want you to put on celebration glasses. Those are more fun. I think Sam would play the, or Chris played the New Year's song. And so it's fitting here. So let's look at this verse through celebration. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured it up. All these things, and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and all the things that they had seen, which were just as they had been told. You remember my friend Nene from earlier? Here we are in the back of a taxi cab. This is close to Christmas also, but it was about 100 degrees. Quite different than outside today, right? It was very cold this morning coming over, everything was frozen. If you can see on the picture, I'm actually sweating like crazy up there. And so we're in the back of this cab and we're going to see his dad. His dad is in the hospital. And so I want to teach you a few things about Malian hospitals. We live in the most developed culture ever. There they don't. So information is terrible in a Malian hospital. It's hard to get. It. It's prepay. So if you don't pay, you don't get the surgery. You don't get the medicine you need. You have to pay for it before you get it. So if you want the information, if you want the doctors or the nurses to share it with you, you have to get a cardboard mat and you sleep outside the hospital in the 100 degree weather so that you can find out about your loved ones what you need to know. Now you remember before I told you it's belief of Islam? and God, and how distant he is. So we had been studying Luke 2 like he had waited on. His dad becomes ill, very sick. His dad's his hero, his mentor, his friend, his confidant, the one he loves. We lit this candle to represent love. So for Nene, it's the person he loves the most. We're on our way to see him at the hospital. Nene's gonna be there for days sleeping on a cardboard bed, trying to find out the information. He's scared to death that his father will pass away because God will come in judgment and he doesn't know what the situation will be. So we suspend our Bible study for the time that he's in the hospital. And Nene says, I need some help, brother. And so we did what you guys taught us to do. We got a meal train. They don't do that there. So we made food and we took it to him. We got our ice chest that nobody has. We filled it up with drinks, took it to them, took our lawn chairs, took our sleeping mats. Oh yeah, it's mosquito infested with malaria and we gave them our mosquito nets and we let them use those. And so finally, Nene's dad recovers after much prayer, much sitting there and community with him. And we resume our Bible study. And the first thing you do in these Bible studies is you praise God for how he's blessed your life and how he's moved in your heart. And you especially thank God for how he's used your community to wrap around you and help you in these moments. And so Nene, with that big smile, eyes full of tears, he looks at me and he says, Jason, I love you, man. He says, you're more of a brother to me than my older brother. And he says, my older brother just sent money. And he says, you have to do more than just send money to love somebody. And he goes, you're more of a son to my dad than he is. And, he's, and he's, his eyes go more full of tears. And he says, love is something you have to be in it with the people. And he goes, there's no way, Jason, that you can be a part of somebody's life and just send money. You can't be distant. You have to enter into their situation You have to love them from the bottom of your heart. And he goes, it's the only way. And he goes, you did that. And I said, nay, nay, I think your brother means well. And he says, he for sure means well. But his love is not deep enough. He doesn't care enough. So we resumed the Bible study in Luke 2. With Emmanuel, God with us. And so I say to Nene, this is not the greatest story ever told like I told you guys at the beginning. It's the greatest news ever given. The Lord entered with us. And so this leads to incredible celebration, adoration and proclamation. It's worth traveling around the globe. It's worth being with your friends and all those things. I want you to know that the miraculous good news of Jesus is worthy of celebration and proclamation. Come let us adore him now.
0: been to dwell with us oh what a mystery Live inside on the mountain oh.
3: Fellowship, we got one week left before Christmas, and we've got seven services this week. We got Christmas Eve, and we, that once every seven years you get Christmas Day. I don't know if you guys are like me, and you look and you say, "Man, I need to buy some gifts." Then those gifts need to be wrapped. I wanted to take my kids ice skating. Let's don't let Christmas pass us by in this season without slowing our hearts to celebrate this miraculous good news i want you guys to be able to go tell it on the mountain with your families tonight go sit around the table with your friends with your community group let's share a meal and let's let's pray and let's sing together as we read these scriptures merry christmas we love you guys